is Bloomberg Surveillance. It's been a market where macro issues can dominate, and the big macro story today is China. There are very, very few checks and balances to the president's power to regulate the economy. If you can identify the free cash flow growers, they're going to sustain their dividends, and in this world of yield scarcity, I think you tilt your portfolio towards them. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen. Bloomberg Surveillance, quiet markets, but the backdrop is a terrific news flow. New leadership in the Philippines, the challenges of Brazil this morning. Mike, is it true that, that this may be Rousseff's last day? The Brazilian Senate is taking up the question of whether to proceed with a trial on impeachment and under Brazilian law. Yeah. If they vote yes, then she is forced to at least temporarily step aside until a uh, decision is reached, and that would put yeah. Michael Temer, the uh, vice president, in charge. Now, some of the dynamics here, we'll look at this within the foreign exchange space here uh, in a moment. Bloomberg surveillance this morning is always brought to you by Cone Resnick. Accounting tax advisory, it can be hard to navigate through economic uncertainty. Your business needs industry insight and transformative advice to drive it forward. Find out why at ConeResnick.com, C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K, ConeResnick.com. I put out a chart yesterday. You saw it first at Bloomberg Radio Plus, did it on television today, a Philippine peso some of the dynamics of EM, we've been talking that with Seth Masters and Norm Burisma. Uh, joining us now, uh, Emer Daly uh, uh, joins us. We're thrilled to have her uh, with us now with the Standard Charter Bank. Emer, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Um, it, what is the focal point now within your research? I mean, let me give you, I, I usually don't do this, but I'm going to do it with an, uh, with an open question. What's the number one thing you're focused on right now in foreign exchange? Um, I have to say covering G10FX, and I think the Brexit vote is probably the number one issue and how it's going to play out in the FX market. Um, well, where where are you on, like, for example, Euro-Dollar? We've seen a number of House Vonnie Quinn noting that Unicredit creeps up away from parity towards a 118. What is your call on what Euro could do with or without Brexit? Even, um, you know, coming into, I guess, like the month before Brexit, we are um, expecting that you could get some downside pressure coming onto the euro. Um, actually, if you look at the most kind of relevant uh, precedent in this case, which is the UK's exit from the exchange rate mechanism all the way back in 1992, you did see actually some pressure coming on the Deutschmark in the two weeks before this happened. So we do think that really, you know, the possibility of a UK exit, you know, especially because it's primarily driven over, you know, immigration concerns, which is something that we've all see, also seen, you know, really polarized politics um, within uh, the Eurozone itself, that you would see some downside pressure um, on the Euro playing out. Well, that's uh, in the run-up to the vote. Uh, suppose that the British do vote to leave. Who suffers more, uh, people who have pounds or people who have euros? There seems to be some debate over which uh, which governmental unit suffers the most. Yeah, I think just because of the extreme degree of uncertainty regarding, you know, 
trade agreements around the, the UK investment deals, regulation, um, just a high degree of uncertainty. I really think that sterling um, was, would hurt the most. I think you have to recognize that the UK still has a current account deficit and it's highly dependent on you know, foreign investment inflows to fund that. And I do think that we're already seeing actually a slowdown in terms of um, foreign investment into the UK. You can see clearly in terms of um, M&A deals which are coming in that the pound really suffers most in this scenario. Um, I do think you would see, you could see a, a weaker euro on a Brexit, um, but I don't think you'd see kind of any kind of the moves that you'd be seeing in Sterling. The uh, the, uh, the peripheral countries around uh, the debate, I mean, you, East, Eastern Europe, um, the, uh, the Swiss, uh, the Danes, how, how are they affected by this vote? Um, you know, it's interesting to note actually that in Switzerland, they are actually coming up to a very similar deal where they, you know, had a referendum to basically impose limits um, on immigration um, coming to their borders, which is obviously against um, the, the EU's free movement um, of, of people act. So um, they are coming up to a February deadline. We'll have to renegotiate. Um, We'll have to renegotiate uh, trade terms uh, potentially with the EU. So I do think that you know it is quite a European concern, the effects of immigration. Um, I don't know if you get any kind of direct impact from them on the actual UK's Brexit. I just think it highlights the ongoing kind of geopolitical risk in terms of immigration and kind of more right-wing and nationalistic yeah. politics. Um, you have a, a bit of a twisted perspective on this. I know you speak for Ch- Standard Charter Bank, but your work is out of Ireland and University College Dublin. What do you gauge as the likelihood, if UK does or does not do Brexit, of whether Scotland and for that matter, wither Ireland. How does that dynamic play? Um, you know, obviously there is a risk that if you have Brexit, you know, a lot of the SNP members have highlighted the concern that you could have a second um, Scottish referendum. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I think you would have to see how that dynamic plays out, and it's obviously something that we left at politically. Um, in Ireland, I have, you know, there has been a few comments from uh, policymakers there in terms of what it would mean for Northern Ireland. Um, you know, I think there's very strong support actually within Ireland for the the European the European Union and the Eurozone, and they are growing um, at a very impressive rate. So I don't think it's a, it's a very near-term risk. I think probably the Scottish issue would be um, kind of the greatest, you know, almost the second concern of markets is mm-hmm. if there's going to be a second referendum in Scotland. I wonder what they would call a new Scottish currency. The, the kilt, <laughs> something like that. The haggis, sure, the haggis John creative. Tucker says. <laughs> yeah, we, we could be uh, very creative. Um, this note, Tom, uh, Macy's cut its forecast for the year, and investors are cutting their shares, priced down 7.5% yeah. in pre-market trading. Well, time to David Wilson with a really difficult retail earnings that we're seeing in the United States. Emer Daly with a standard charter. Emer, that speaks to low nominal GDP, low animal spirit, dampened consumer. Do you sense any lift in emerging markets? I mean, Standard Charter has such a vision of emerging markets. What's the pulse that you see right now? Um, you know, we are generally positive on risk going into the rest of the year. We do think that, you know, China kind of more stabilizing um, its FX policy 
um, and you know our trajectory for you know, kind of almost a you know a more nuanced dollar trajectory that you know the dollar rally is mature that it should provide support to um to the emerging markets and, and particularly in Asia. Um so we are constructive. We do think the growth dynamics um are really good in this region um and we aren't you know, I think we we hear a lot of hype about what's going on in China um and the growth dynamics, but we still believe that there's, you know, um very strong growth potential there and that policymakers are really kind of in control of their measures at the moment to have stabilized growth um for the medium term. Uh the the emerging markets. Uh, Tom opened up by talking about Brazil and uh, the the Philippines. Uh, when you look at emerging market currencies overall, uh, it's been a, a, an up and down year, but uh, the emerging market index has been generally higher. Um, where where do emerging markets go from here? Yeah, we still see a little bit um, of potential for another kind of leg higher in the dollar. So we see a little bit of weakness coming through um, in EM currencies. Um, but broadly, you know, we're basically expecting a, a very moderate trajectory. We don't see, you know, um, uh, very heightened moves in the EM space. Emer Daly, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. Standard Charter Bank this morning, uh, particularly with an update there on Brexit as well. Mike, um, I, another shout-out. You've heard me say this before, Michael McKee. Francine Lacroix absolutely nailed. A year ago, 10 months ago, I was like, yeah, 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 so there's going to be a vote. I was so wrong. I mean, this Brexit thing has become a huge deal. Headline. Tom Keane was wrong. Yeah, massively wrong. Yeah. Francine just killed it. My goodness. And and uh, really, really did quite a, a a good job on that. What else do we see this morning? I mean, Staples Office Depot's a huge deal. Well, this Macy's thing is interesting because you don't know whether Macy's is a an individual problem or it is a retail sales outlook overall problem that could affect people's uh, inclinations to. And not just invest in U.S. markets, but spend money. Uh, do we think the economy is going to be slower than uh, it otherwise would? Um, they're cutting their earnings per share to um, 40 percent, uh, uh, 40 cents rather. Oh no, they made 40 cents in the first quarter. They're cutting their year sales. Yeah. Uh, we've got lots to talk about, and it's, it's a, it's, the last couple of days have been interesting, folks, and it speaks to the immense caution we see in so many pundits and experts on equity markets. The, I think of Doug Cass, the diversity of things to be concerned about. A lot of smart shows uh, coming up. Futures negative three. Let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Brazilian President Dilma Rousseff could be out of office by the end of the day. The Brazilian Senate will vote today on whether to impeach Rousseff. Experts say Bernie Sanders' West Virginia primary win will do a little to slow down Hillary Clinton on the way to the Democratic presidential nomination. But don't tell that to Sanders' supporters. Sanders says he'll fight for every last vote. Meanwhile, Republican Donald Trump won West Virginia and Nebraska with a clean slate of opponents, and he says his list of running mates 
has been narrowed to about five or six. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus yeah. from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike Tom. Michael, thank you. Macy's, um, I looked at it and said, yeah, yeah, I was wrong. Macy's down 7.4%. Two, two and three quarters big figures uh, here in the pre-market. Macy's uh, indicating 34, the low 34 level right now, down 7.6%. We'll have to look more into that. From New York, Bloomberg Surveillance. This news update brought to you by Bentley University. What do rebooting America's oldest ski shop and crunching numbers at Vistaprint have in common? An MBA from Bentley University that prepares graduates to innovate and lead. Because businesses everywhere prepare here. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Kara in Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are moving lower this morning. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures remain lower amid weakness in Europe and pre-market declines in Disney. Dow futures currently lower by 37 points. S&P dropped three. And Nasdaq futures fall by five and a half. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.76 percent. On the U.S. economic front at 10.30, energy inventories and a 2 o'clock monthly budget statement. After the Bellis Night Disney Q2 adjusted EPS and revenue missed estimates, shares are down 5% pre-market. Electronic Arts Q4 adjusted EPS beat and fossil cut year views, shares are down 34% pre-market. This morning, Macy's cut its forecast for the year. Shares dropped 7.7% pre-market. In deal news, the Staples Office Depot merger was blocked by a judge as anti-competitive. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. New Mining raised to buy over at Goldman Sachs. Office Depot and Staples both, both cut the hole versus buy over at Jefferies. And Fidelity National raised to buy over at Stern AG. Live from the first of breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen. Thanks, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squad, go in your terminal. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K, go. That's the Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, thanks so much. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco. Invesco believes it's time to bench the benchmarks to consider active management and factor-based strategies. Find out more at Invesco.com slash high conviction, I-N-V-E-S-C-O, Invesco.com slash high conviction. She has seen it all in retail. Punam Gayal has seen no heels, four-inch heels, three-inch heels, a little heel, back to flats, pretty ballerina. Out to Labutan. She's seen it all. She darkens the door here on retail. Terry Lundgren's having a bad day over at Macy's. He definitely is. He has done this before. No one in retail has experience with tough times like uh, Mr. Lundgren of Macy's. What's different this time? For Terry I think what's different is that you're not seeing a slowdown in terms of the consumer has changed. So in the past, the consumer shopping behavior was pretty consistent, but it was the macro environment that was dictating how yeah. and where they spent. Today, the consumer is entirely different. That's the issue. The consumer is not going to stores. Macy's has 870 stores. So this is Terry Lundgren's problem, not Janet Yellen's problem. Yes, I would say so. The the, the people are still buying stuff. They just don't go to Macy's to do it. 
it's it's not that people are still buying stuff. People are buying stuff, but they're buying differently. They're not buying apparel. So people are not shopping for apparel. And if they are, they're buying it at TJ Maxx. Yeah, that, we were talking about that with uh, Oliver Chen from City the other day. Uh, the younger generation, they're going to TJ Maxx or they're going to H&M or something like that. They're, they're buying as many things, but they're buying cheaper ones. Right, because they're focused on value. They care about value. They want a deal. They want it quick. And they want fast fashion. They want newness. In other words, um, they're they're value investors. Uh, <laughs> you can say that. Well, are there other department stores in the same boat, even if they haven't announced uh, uh, cuts to yes. their earnings? So forecast? I think I think the bulk of the department store space is probably going to see weakness in the first quarter. We get non-cash point-of-sale data from First Data, and if you look at the trends there, sales have been down for the whole quarter. So the only outlier I think that there could be is JCPenney, and that's because the company yeah. has company-specific issues that they've resolved, which will probably allow them to post better results so and outperform. Yeah. The magic of Macy's, you go to the women's page and you begin at the top with a 40 to 70% off clearance, etc. We've all seen this before. What's different in the inventory now than we've ever seen? Is there just too much stuff? I would. I think retailers have become a little better at managing inventory, which is why their margins are holding up. So even if you look at just Macy's, gross margins were actually up five basis points, even though sales were down. And that's proof that they're actually managing their inventory better. They're ordering less. They're promoting it to clear it out. They're not piling as they would have done in the past. So that's good that they're being disciplined. But that said, you need sales. You have to drive the top line. And as you said, 40 to 70% off, that's kind of become a norm now. Now. What happened to the bargain basement at Macy's? That's why or, I used to go there. Or Filene's. Well, I mean, where's, it's like the whole industry is a new Filene's basement. It absolutely is. That is where they're going. They're going to add backseat stores to their stores. So where is the consumer going to go first? Probably to buy the backseat section. I, I mean, one of the problems I hear, Michael McKee, is Sean Jean Girls Fashion Jogger Pants, originally $32.00. Was twenty now fourteen ninety nine, and you get another promotion on top of that, probably. Oh, an extra twenty percent off yes. as well. Who who takes that hit? Sean Jean, maker of leggings, Terry Lundgren. It's, who, who eats it? It's so it depends. It's part manufacturer and part company. I think it's a shared cost, but I think the burden is on Macy's for the most part. Macy's, I mean, you got to love the creativity of retailers. Uh, when the weather's bad, they blame weather. Uh, <coughs> the weather's been okay, so Macy's is blaming the dollar. But they're not blaming the dollar for their input prices. They're blaming the dollar because they say tourists aren't coming to the United States and going to Macy's. You know, it's funny. People joke about this often. The weather doesn't matter. The tourist, tourism declining matters. It's actually true. If you think of yourself as a retail business, if it's really hot outside and you in, in the winter season, you're just not going to sell the coats. And Macy's, the way it sits in the businesses, the bulk of the clothing that it sells is actually seasonal. So it's for the season. So if the weather doesn't cooperate, they will miss. And then, oh. you know, in terms of tourism, 20% of their sales or about 20% come from the flagship itself. So if we do see fewer tourisms, yeah. I mean, I, I'd give them the benefit on that part. I think they are right, but there's more weakness in tourism here. Mike McKee, Macy's down 6.5%, a little bit, a little bit lower. Cutting uh, cutting their forecast. Uh, it yeah. was three dollars and eighty to three dollars and ninety cents this year. They're down to three fifteen well, to three forty. What's the stock performance tell you? Bear market down twenty four percent. A nice rebound here this year, and now a new rollover. Do we get to revisit recent lows? 
I, I think for the apparel space, there's still more challenges ahead of them, and that includes the department stores. I, it, it's really a structural change that you're seeing in retail, and that retailers just have to better evaluate their fleet to make wise decisions because online, while it's growing for them, it's just not big enough. This has been fabulous. Can you come in more often? Absolutely. Anytime you Can you take want. Tom shopping? Get him some <laughs> I mean, good great. deals on ladies' shoes? You know, no, we talk luxury and Macy's and non-luxury. I mean, the retail space is, is fascinating right now. Poonam Gael with Bloomberg. Thank you. Intelligence. Stay with us worldwide. Bloomberg Surveillance. Coming up, the With All Due Respect highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit LandRoverTriState.com or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, love and be up.